I'm going to plug Costco right now, and you put this in there if you want to. Costco's pop popcorn, microwave popcorn, is way better than uh, Orville Redenbacher's. Okay. Costco rules, and Costco is um, a Democrat supporter, supporting, if I'm not mistaken, institutions. So. Yeah, they're awesome. I'm up there with them. Love Costco. This advertisement brought to you not by Costco, <laughs> but by Joel. Free of charge. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, usually a lager, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose. And I am Joel. And this week, we are going to discuss boycotts. Where do they come from? What are some famous uh, boycotts over time? And are they even effective? But first, let's talk about our beer. What do we have on tap? We have Sam Adams Boston Lager, which you so generously provided us. In the tradition of the show, drinking lagers, I think we have to say that um, America is the country that screwed up lagers. Not that lagers are bad, people. Don't put down lagers. This lager has got as much flavor and has always had as much flavor as any ales. Oh, it's so good. Let's see. So on the box, actually, speaking of boycotts, um, says Samuel Adams was a bold and determined rebel. He masterminded the Boston Tea Party and was among the first patriots to call for American independence. Yep. But you had some inf- information yeah. about this spear. So it's a Vienna lager. It's uh, 5% alcohol. It's just, it's pretty darn sweet, but um, you definitely taste the the hops. It's slightly spicy. I don't know. This was sort of, to me, like the start when this came out, sort of the start of the microbrews, mm-hmm. even though you could never consider a Sam Adams anymore a, a micro. They would be like a, on the high end of the mid-level breweries, or maybe they're even up, getting up there to, to like Budweiser and Coors and all that. But, man, thank God for Sam Adams' beer. So it started it all, kind of. Does Coors and Budweiser, do they give lagers a bad name? No, they love lagers. They are lagers. They, though, made lagers Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so they, yeah. they made a bad name for lagers. Yeah. They made a, exactly. They made a bad name for lagers, and they didn't need to. All the lagers that I ate, ate and it's kind of like eating it when you're in Europe, especially in Czechoslovakia, and where lagers come, came from, and in, in uh, Bavaria are not nice. like Budweiser. They're good, and we need to bring those back. So uh, we, we talk about lagers so much. Oh, well. That's a good one. I'm really excited. Yeah. Can I just mention real quick the fact that I love that we start with our, our show with that little um, yeah. thing every time. My eyes just glaze over, and I feel so comfortable. So thank you for, uh, for you know getting us on that track. Wait, which track? The, just our introduction is so cool because oh, okay. it just puts me in a, in a happy place. It's almost like a Pavlovian response. It's it like is. It really is. Get into it. that space. That, that music, and, and I love it. Oh, thank you for recommending that song, though. It's, I think it's good. It's nice and yeah. So it's cool. it's cool. Yeah. And now 
for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for about two minutes, though we tend to be chatterboxes, so that is not a strict time limit. This week, I am going to discuss the keto diet. I just went backpack with my sons up in Yosemite, and they left me behind. And I'm so out of shape, I'm getting a gut. And so my wife and I, we both decided to try this keto diet, and I'm already over it. And, and so I looked it up, you know, to try to, to, to stay loyal to it. And it actually, and I want everyone to right now, to who knows, it's so popular, try to guess the percentages of protein, carbs, and fat that they expect you to consume. And I didn't know this until you mentioned yeah. it. Okay, so now that you guys have all guessed, it is actually 5% carbs, which, of course, the whole thing is, is stop the sugar and stop the carbs. Okay, that's, to me, even nutty. 20% protein, which that sounds fair, actually. But 75% fats? Wow. Come on. Come on. I mean, then I want to go a step farther and talk about diets as a whole. Diets are lame. We <laughs> yeah. just, we need, and uh, there's this big thing about not calling it a diet as if that meant, you know what? We just need to be smart. Well, we, that's all it is. We just need to be smart. True, our society most definitely eats too much carbs, but the idea that you can only eat 5% carbs a day yeah. to me is nutty. Um, so that's my, that's it. I just, my, my fact for the day is 75% fat for keto. And a lot of keto people will probably say, oh, it doesn't have to be that or whatever. Well, even if it's 50% to me, that's nutty. Well, I used to work in a bookstore back in the day, Walden Books, which no longer exists. Loved it. But I worked there for two years, and one of the most popular diets was the Atkins diet. Very similar. Very similar. This guy spent his whole life developing this diet regimen, and I don't even recall all the aspects of it. But I do recall that when I was working there, kind of toward the end of my stint, the dude ended up dying. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah. So basically, he slipped on icy concrete. Oh, I thought he died from uh, eating poorly. No, he <laughs> slipped on icy concrete, fell, and cracked his skull open and died. Oh, that's... Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed. Then because I assumed that he was going to say he ate poorly. No, but to me, Heart it's... disease. Too much bacon. No, he. it was a total just random accident. Oh, but he lived sucks. his whole life basically denying himself of all these things. Oh, that's your point. Yeah. Excellent. For a stupid diet, and you know, Excellent. it didn't even matter because a totally random icy Excellent. ground caused him to slip and die. Can I just bring up a little Christianity here Thanks. and the fact that some people who are Christian think that it says or that you shouldn't be drinking alcohol, which just pisses me off so badly. Please, if yes. you're a Christian and you think you can't be drinking alcohol and you know the Bible and that Jesus Jesus' first miracle was creating wine out of water, then come on. What how do you I rationalize that? I always felt like Jesus is Jesus wasn't taken literally enough, which is kind of weird, in that church should be us just partying in around a table and having a supper together and drinking yeah. wine and, and bread. I totally love that idea. And we so need to much. do that more. Yeah. And you know, especially with Amazon, we are losing that type of community and it's we such are. a fun thing sitting around drinking and eating together. That's the last supper right there. It is. And it was, it's all about like coming together, having that supper together, yeah. like a banquet. Getting slightly buzzed. It's okay. Yeah. And supping. Yep. 
Ah, man, if only. So for my Fred talk, you know, in the last episode, I talked about how the Pennsylvania grand jury released this 400-page report where they had documented sexual abuse, child abuse that was going on in um, Pennsylvania over 70 years. And there were 300 accused priests, and then there were roughly 1,000 victims. And I think, you know, that's shocking, and it's horrifying, and it shouldn't happen. And the church has taken steps in the past, and the church needs to continue taking steps. Yeah. But... The focus of this need for reform, and Pope Francis is working on this, maybe a little slowly, but he's working on it. The focus was taken off by this letter that was released on August 25th, late in the evening, by Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò. Have you heard of this? No. What What is his district, or whatever you call that? Well, was, he's actually not with anyone right now. Oh. He was um, the nuncio of the Vatican to the United States. So Nuncio is basically basically like the ambassador. And he released this letter at the end of Pope Francis's visit to Ireland. He visited Ireland and um, talked a lot about child abuse that had occurred there, begged forgiveness. He had all these, like, moments with victims and really wanted to um, apologize for what had happened in the past. Yeah. It was very big of him. And at the end, this letter comes slamming Pope Francis. It's a screed. It's a partisan screed. And he accuses Pope Francis of harboring and tolerating homosexuals. Accuses him of... Yeah, he's, a, he's a real right-winger. This dude's a huge right-winger. Accused Pope Francis of covering up sexual abuse by lifting sanctions on the now-disgraced Cardinal um, Theodore McCarrick, who was the previous... Um, Cardinal of Washington, and at the end of the letter, called on Pope Francis to resign. Uh, Huge. I, you heard about this? I just read the headlines, and I haven't delved into the specifics, but I must say, if he did, and I don't know, what would you say? Would you say, theoretically, if he knew that a priest or a bishop or whoever was just shuttling priests to new um, areas after Absolutely knowing that they were um, pedophiles and and rapists, whatever, um, is that enough to to ask him to resign? I don't. I see. I don't know. I would think that if he deliberately did it and it was like recently after two thousand two, yeah. I would say yeah, because after two thousand two, everyone should have known. Yeah. Before two thousand two, it's still not good. But I mean, that's a hard one because I and, and you know you, you, it shouldn't come down to how much you love the Pope, right? Because I like this Pope a lot, and I feel like he's doing a lot for that issue itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a smokescreen to go after him rather than the actual issue. And that's right there. You hit on hit the nail on the head right there. It's a smokescreen. Yeah. So this time, this was time to release right when the conference was ending, but also when he was getting on the plane. So he was asked by the reporters, like, hey, what do you think about this letter? And he didn't really have time to process it. So he's like, I'm not going to respond. You guys are journalists. You're all... So he, he was called an evader at that point? Pretty probably. much. And he mm. said, you guys are all journalists. Mm. You guys investigate yeah. and come to the truth of it. And so um, people have taken that as like him pleading the fifth. But I think oh. he wanted to take time to kind of step back and look at the letter. Because it was dropped. Of course. Like literally right of course. before he left. That's so smart. People get into so much hot water by just commenting before their time. This letter, conservatives love it. 
they're jumping on this letter, and they are calling on Pope Francis to resign. But the guy who wrote this, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, conservative, he has not liked Pope Francis from day one. Where's he from? Do you remember? He's Italian. Italian? Yeah. And when he was the nuncio, or the ambassador to the United States, um, he involved himself in a lot of conservative politics. Yeah. And Pope Francis ended up pulling him, recalling him, because uh, he famous when Pope Francis visited the United States. Yeah, this guy orchestrated a meeting between Pope Francis and Kim Davis, yeah, that Kentucky clerk who wouldn't give yeah. um, same-sex marriage licenses. Yeah, and the Pope was pissed. Oh, he's like, you, of course, put that's... me in this situation where I you basically thrust me into this culture war situation yeah. that I want to no part of. Uh, don't use thrust right now in this conversation. That's a good point. <laughs> Let me yeah, ask you something. Put him in that situation. Can, in my very limited experience of this issue, right. it seems like there was a lot more deference given to the Pope in the past. No, is that, yes, is that changed? It's changed. So it's changing. Huh? It is. The, the conservatives in the past have always been like, don't criticize Pope John Paul. Yeah, I thought that. I'm glad that Pope I'm Benedict. hearing you say that because that's... And these conservative cardinals and bishops and priests even are just attacking, have been attacking Pope Francis from day one. They don't like yeah. that he's more tolerant toward the LGBT. He's talked about the environment, climate change. Yeah. They don't like that he's more merciful. They don't like his pastoral approach. They don't like him at all. So the political is totally seeping in, isn't it? Yes. And they're using this whole scandal to trap Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that Pope Francis overturned sanctions that Pope Benedict put on this Cardinal McCarrick. Well, as time has gone on, turns out there were no sanctions that what actually happened... Oh, he was smart not to comment. That at the very least, Pope Benedict may have privately, verbally asked Cardinal Carrick to keep a low profile. Has the Italian dude apologized? No. That's huge. No, he's doubling down. Holy shit. And so what, it's, what it seems like is because this guy, Cardinal Carrick, did the opposite. He was traveling more. He celebrated Mass. He went on national TV. He even was at Pope Benedict's 83rd birthday party. And he was at a gala event where Vigano praised him and ah. said he was loved by everybody. Ah. That guy has got to go. That's embarrassing. And so he's saying there were sanctions, but yet the guy's traveling the world. He's very visible in public. He's even at Pope Benedict's birthday. There's no sanctions. And even if there were sanctions, apparently no one knew about them. Yeah. Because otherwise he would have been cloistered away somewhere quietly. Yeah. But no, he was out and about traveling. So. And it was obvious from day one that this was. See, here's a the problem: job. that there's no consequences for for slinging mud like that. No, because all the conservatives are behind him, and if he gets but facts be damned. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow. But I mean, this guy released the letter to conservative media first. He had conservatives who hated um, Pope Francis help him draft the letter. It's just, it's just got bad news written all over it. Yeah. And the Pope wow. is right now, as we speak. Drafting a response Good. to this letter. <laughs> He's so. got a lot of ammo, that's for sure. It's going to be coming out soon. Oh, that'll be fun. It's been, it's been tearing it's the crazy. church apart, though. Oh, it's, it's conservative. It's, it's, right it's been divided into conservative versus liberal, but... Yeah, and that's sad. It's I sad. Mean, it's really... If but it to comes me, what's to that, really sad is that there's this group of people who hate Pope Francis, and they're using this scandal mm-hmm. to try to take him down. Yep. And to me, that's just disgusting. Oh, it's so bad.
Joel and I will now move into the main topic here on boycotts. When you hear boycotts, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind? I'm always, and I, I think most humans, and it's interesting, are for the underdog. Yeah. It's, it's weird that way, and I don't know really why. I think mostly we are all underdogs more than we are the top dog. Mm-hmm. And so I've always obviously been super pro-boycott, boy, and um, they are coming into vogue way more now than mm-hmm. I feel like they, they have in my entire lifetime. True. More, 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 and more so now. Do you think it's like the millennials? Do you think it's like yeah, social media? Yeah, I do. Both those things. You can organize them so well mm-hmm. because media is free to everybody, and the little man has such a large voice now. True. So organizing is easier. Mm-hmm. I think that in the past it was frowned on more. What do you think? Was it frowned on more, or I'm... I feel like there's a human um, tendency to cling to the status quo. And so in the past when um, there have been boycotts, most people say, oh, those guys are just uh, blah, 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 blah. blah. But look at all the boycotts in the past. Who's been vindicated? Almost entirely the boycotters have been. And all these naysayers have been totally wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's my impression as well. Yeah. I obviously side with, you know, the average person, the underdog, the people who are disenfranchised, those who are kind of on the short end of the economic stick, if you will. And it's always that, yeah, like you said, it's the status quo, it's the people in power, the people with wealth who, you know, poo-poo boycotts. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, right now, and maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, or I am, I guess, but there's these boycotts that are happening right now, or have attempted to happen anyway. You know, Colin Kaepernick is now the face of Nike, yeah. and people are boycotting their products. And then there's also in and out with their money to, you know, Republican um, yeah. the Republican Party in California, and people are all pissed off and want to boy- and boycott them. And before there was chick there's all these boycotts. Yeah. So I think maybe I, I kind of wanted to step back and just look at the history of boycotts. Yeah, I'd totally like to hear um, about that because it's just – not been as big on the scene as current right now. It's just incredible, and I love it. So I was doing some research because this was actually a topic suggested to me by some of our listeners. Cool. They're like, hey, do boycotts. And I was like, okay, that's a good topic. So as I was looking into it, the etymology is really interesting. So the first recorded use of the word boycott was during the 1880s. So in Ireland, there there were these land wars, and basically, you had these landowners who were exploiting the farmers on their land. So what ended up happening was these farmers organized themselves into a, it's kind of like a, a union, if you will. And they started a strategy of ostracizing the landowners. Right and so the first victim of this was named Charles Boycott. <laughs> His last name is Boycott, which is where we get the word boycott. Yeah, that's just that's too strange so, a word not to have come from somebody's English word or Irish last name. Exactly. So he was exploiting his workers, and they all said, hey, stop working for this guy. And they went out and told other people to stop working for this guy. Mm-hmm. And then it became just, just the jargon. We're doing a boycott. 
boycott. Yeah. After this guy's name. Yeah. And a strike is basically a boycott. Basically. Yeah. And so they're like, don't work for him. And so this guy ended up with this huge piece of land, no one to work on it. Mm. And so he was losing money. So he's like, I need to get out of here. So he changes locations. He moves. And he tries starting up other businesses. And these people followed him. No way. And they like, were persistent. And they, and they told other people, do not work for this guy. There's a boycott on him. And this guy could not get a business going. Wow, that was effective. Very effective. Did he ever change his um, policies? No. He pulled then good. Yeah, he basically got run out of the country and just couldn't yeah. ever regain his footing, basically. And boycotts have been effective for the most part. I mean, Some, yeah. Uh, I remember, I think I was in high school when the whole South African boycott. And again, all, and it's again, I hate to do this, but it really is right-wingers and, and the right who are way more likely to be anti-boycott were so against boycotting South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously the right thing to do. Looking back, boycotters are generally the, on the right side of history. Totally. You know, Barack Obama loves saying that the arc of history bends towards justice. Yeah. Yeah. Christina's here. Hi, baby. Hey, Christina. No! Yeah, but I totally think that that was effective. Obviously, Rosa Parks yes. was effective, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about all these different um, boycotts we can remember yeah. and whether or not they were effective. I don't know that, okay, the one, obviously, that was not effective recently is that whole in and out um, oh, yeah. That was that was a shame. Yeah, that was, that was, that was and the guy was wrong in the end. for advertising for them, though. It was great advertising. It's almost like he worked for them. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like my brother, who shall not be named, because I have to beep out his name, and it's more work for me, <laughs> but he sent me this picture, and it's called, like, um, you know how, like, in and out has all these different orders, like Animal Style and yeah. the Double and all this. He's like the Republican. <laughs> Did he go all the time? It was like 10 patties. <laughs> I love it. was like it. a bucket of fries, Animal Style. I love it. But oh, I think it so actually encouraged funny. people to go out and yeah. buy yeah. from in and out Burger. But in the same time period, the whole Nike thing. Now, my sons, and this is interesting because I always told my sons, why do you guys always have to have Nike? Because I think it costs a little bit more. It does. And and they were always like into Nike. And now I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys always bought Nike because I'm kind of proud of Kaepernick for, for standing up for that. For kneeling. Yeah. <laughs> well done. But yeah. My poor wife has to endure that all the time. Oh, I'm so Quite sorry. That's <laughs> yeah. mainly witty. Yeah, thank you. Pretty good stuff. I appreciate that. Thank you. But yes, yeah, so that one I think is going to end up being a success. But my question to you guys is, how much of it is hmm. a business move versus a moral move? True. Because I'm not a great sure. Question. Yeah, I'm not what sure. It's a, it's a moral move. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, especially with Kaepernick and Nike, you know, because that, yeah. I mean, that's a huge business. Yeah. I mean, that is just a money-making machine right there. Mm-hmm. And oh, then is. you have, you know, his, what he's standing for or not standing for, mm-hmm. um, you know, paired with that. So, yeah. There's that moral dynamic. Yeah. But I think if you think about it, it's young people who are buying Nike. I was Nikes. about to say that. True. It's not the... 
old white guy buying Nikes who's out there burning Nikes. Yeah, have you seen the memes? Yeah, they're it's like brutal. And they, I would not want to be the burners. They're just getting ripped. But I mean, define old, okay? Because I know, because I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We have to define old. We're all old we here. Think we're so young. I was born in. The 80s, 1980s, baby. And I mean, I was born in the 60s. That was huge. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. That was huge in the 80s. I mean, right. just, and 80s, 90s. So mm-hmm. I think my generation, even, you know, people my age, mm-hmm. still like Nike. Yeah, I guess like I'm talking Nike. about like maybe, I totally agree. maybe like baby boomers, people in that age range. Yeah, they were pre Nike. They'll wear, what, Airwalk basics. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's it's the young kids who are all into Nikes, and it's the young millennials, especially who are behind Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And this might kind of rope them into it, actually. Oh, absolutely, because now this is like a social justice issue, right? And so, who cares what their motive was? It's going to actually help the cause yeah. in the end. True. Can we just bring up this idea that? <clears throat> Too many people in the United States think that criticizing the United States is forbidden. You know, that you're not a patriot if you criticize the United States. You are a patriot if you criticize the United States. Any constructive criticism of anything is good. And and too many people have this idea that if you criticize America, you're anti-America. No, you're pro-American if you criticize America. Exactly. I mean, as long as it's constructive. Yeah. Right. That's the key, I guess. I agree. I totally agree. Well, I think of George H.W. Bush's famous, America is right, no matter what. Oh, gosh. And Did he really say that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll I'll put the clip right (laughs) here. I'll never apologize for the United States of America. Ever. I don't care what the facts are. What was and he was smarter than that. Yeah, but it's it's America first. No matter what America does, it's How right. How are we going to grow? And, there is and, no uh, growth. Yeah, that's just such it's, bad and, thinking. You know, Christine and I have talked about this in the past, but it's idolatry. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well done. Yeah. They put the country on a pedestal. That's yeah. their God. Yeah, but nothing's sacred except for yeah. In your case, God. And nothing's perfect. <laughs> yes. Nothing's perfect. Yes. I mean, something will always need to be tweaked, worked on. I mean, mm-hmm. from government, society, everything, every little factor. So, I mean, to think that we're just going to be amazing and great all the time and everything we do is just absurd. Right. Yeah, I think, and that's also what's so cool about our Constitution. They they wrote our infallibility into it, you know, by right. with checks and balances, which mm-hmm. is, and but why don't people realize that, you know, when they're so stop criticizing? No, it's good. Yeah, so I, I think maybe, maybe we're getting a little, a little yeah, we ourselves, are, we are. But looking back. What are some successful boycotts? And I mentioned earlier, you know, we got the Boston logger, Sam Adams, because Sam Adams started the Sons of Liberty, who famously dumped all that uh, East India Company tea into the Boston Harbor. (laughs) It has to be mentioned that the people who are generally against Kaepernick are the same people who are so for the Founding Fathers, and they don't get that. They don't get how... Boycotting is so essential to Americanism. True. Yeah. Ah, bugs me. So England had imposed a series of taxes on the colonists, and one of them was the tea tax. I believe this was 1773. And in addition to that, they had given the East India Company basically monopoly over tea. So it forced the colonists to buy their tea. So the colonists ended up smuggling in Dutch tea. 
just to um, prevent themselves from purchasing the East India Company tea. And they got to the point where they were like so pissed. They, you know, in the dead of night, dressed up like Indians, I guess, with their tomahawks and feathers and paint, and climbed aboard these boats and dumped all the tea. It, it, it must have cool. taken them hours yes. to dump all this tea. It really must have. That's a ton. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> but then, <laughs> no what's interesting, so today we have naysayers, as you said, of Colin Kaepernick. Get up! Put your hand on your on your heart and do your do the pledge or na- whatever. People always naysay, right, about boycotts. Can I just interject, please, for a second? Uh, yes. As someone who has served my country, active duty, four years. Oh, army. I forgot okay. it. I yeah. can't wait to hear your comment because it's so, huge. You know, freedom is not free. Yes. Okay. We all know that, but I, in no way, shape, or form, think that Kaepernick is in the wrong. You know, that's part of the freedom that we provide. Mm. And, you know, he has that option to either stand or or not stand. I mean, I just think people are really going way overboard with right. this patriotism. But can I ask you something yeah. as somebody who served? Why? I don't understand how, what it has to do with the military in, the, in only this idea that we are all I, I I don't know. Do you think that you are more American or more worthy of that because you serve? Because I mean, obviously, you put your life on the line. I just I, I kind of potentially right. Not, not you so maybe not, but not but, but, but but to me, <laughs> yeah. potentially means more than that you didn't necessarily. Right, right. Totally right. That right. you could have put your. Um, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with this idea that then they. That you should have a higher status, in other words, and I, I, I feel right. very sheepish saying this in front of you, no, but because no, no. that raises the question: Are you more a, of a patriot if you have served opposed to not right. serving? Right. Yeah. And that's that's my point. Yeah. I mean, yes, we go through training. boot camp and the training, and and from start to finish, you you just I don't know you learn about your country and and the things that. Um, you know, make up our military and from the bottom of the totem pole all the way up. So I don't know, in a sense, that makes me have a greater appreciation for my country. I think that's okay, yeah. Having gone through that, but at the same time, you know, who's to say that I'm more of a patriot for having done that opposed to someone who did not? I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. On the other hand, I think that Almost everybody in the military understands that part of it, and there's a whole bunch who aren't. And right. and we love our country, mm-hmm. but I totally think there's yeah. tons of people, not tons, but there's a certain percentage of people who don't understand how awesome our country has been. Right. In the World War II, World War One, and right. and just instituting democracy across the world. I mean, yeah. come on, let's. Right. I mean, and and I'm not even for burning of the flag. I would. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. Yeah. I have a hard time. I'm not, not for it, it, but I'm not I wouldn't. For, but I don't know that I would make it a lot. That's my my point. I almost would. Oh really? I, I, because it just—it's—it yeah. just bugs the you hell out of me. You have a barrier to cross. Here. Yeah, there, yeah. There has to be some stopping point. Yeah. Where do you stop? Yeah, you know, that's, I, I think that's a good stopping point. One. Burning the flag. Yeah. yeah. But that's a tough. It's one. a tough one. Yeah. But and I think this 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 is what we were saying earlier. 
and I, I love former Senator Al Franken for saying this. Can't believe he's former. I know. I know. It breaks my heart. There are people in this country, and I won't use labels, who love this country like an adult. You love the country for the good stuff and the bad. Then you have people in this country, again, I won't use labels, who love the country in an infantile way, Mm. like a child with their parent. Love them 100%, no matter what, unconditional. And it's, I don't know, I, I like, I prefer the mature approach. It's, it's more realistic. Like, my wife loves me for all my faults and for all the things that I hope are good about me, right? I concur. Right? <laughs> not I like, will not let anything that shouldn't pass, pass, which is an adult way of loving you. Yeah. yeah. Which is exactly what should happen. Not just yeah. give me, like, a, you know, a get out of jail free card for everything. Well, you yep. have to have checks and balances and everything, yeah. you know, and, and relationships and I mean, every yeah. level. So yeah. 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 Because back to boycotting, that's what it's the, this has shifted over to patriotism. The whole boycotting yeah. thing. And so like, this is a boycotting patriotism episode. Yeah. And you know what? Boycotting is so American. It's just let's just talk about some more of the amazing well, boycotts. Go. Well, I just okay. Before we go though, I wanted to mention because it's kind of in that same line, and you were shocked by this earlier. So John Adams was like, "Oh yeah, that was awesome." The Boston Tea Party, awesome. Trip. But George Washington Trip. was like, the people who did that were quote unquote madmen. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin demanded that the Sons of Liberty reimburse the East India Company for their losses. And yet they would have been the first to hang any loyalists. Wouldn't they have been? I think so. I mean, Washington shot any... any well, no, he shot deserters. Deserters, but, but still. But still, I mean, they were so anti-loyalists. That, that's just... That's interesting. I, yeah. I love the details of history. That is one that just shocked me. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's like you think like, oh, of course they were for it. So I, I just think it's interesting to see, even back then, that the patriots that we look up to had disagreements yeah. about, you know, the tactics or the strategies, you know, of, of their revolutionary war, the, or the early stages of the war. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were going to. Okay. Let's just move along in history. And another huge one was the Montgomery bus book. I'm just reading your notes. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I hopefully would have remembered that one. That was the main boycott, right? Yeah. In, in uh, the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. And. God bless Rosa Parks. How much courage that took? That's sick. Yeah. I mean, she was so ostracized for Wasn't that. Wasn't it a gal before Rosa Parks oh, that Rosa Parks go. pretty much gets all the credit no for? Way. I was going to mention that. I'm glad you said it, yeah. babe. So there was a lady who had done the exact same thing about a week before her. But. Forgotten by history. She was impregnated out of wedlock. Who cares? Well, back then, that was a big no-no. Yeah. Are you kidding? And so the NAACP was like, eh, Oh, this is fascinating. We don't want any part of that. So then Rosa Parks does the same thing. And they're like, boom, that's our. Wow. That's our person. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I actually saw that on TV, a program. I don't recall. But I was like, oh, my God, this is, you know, amazing to, to know about this person. All we know. In history is Rosa Parks. You yeah. don't know this other gal who took a stand first. And we don't even know her mm-hmm. name. We know her name. I don't. I can't remember off the top. No, I mean off the top yeah. of her head, we yeah. don't know her name. Right, her right, name. yeah. Amazing. So Rosa Parks and worked in the NAACP offices. 
Okay. And I'm sure she was aware of that story. Okay. Yes. And so when Well, then she... what she did was nothing. <laughs> well, that part of the story is lesser known. But she nonetheless was arrested, and she nonetheless had to get her mugshot and pay her $10 fine and $4 court fee. And, mm-hmm. and so she became, like, the symbol yeah. of the boycott. And it really gained momentum, right, after right. that. And all the, other, all the, like, cynical stuff, I guess, kind of got forgotten in yeah. history. But it's, it's the symbols that matter, yeah. So what happened was... Was the NAACP come, came in and like took up her cause and said like this or something along those lines and they used her to galvanize the community to organize a boycott of the busing system mm-hmm. in Montgomery mm-hmm. and out of that year-long boycott came Martin Luther King Jr. who rose from that I didn't boycott realize, and yeah. became a superstar. And the leader of the civil rights yeah. movement. Yeah. So he came she from was that. seminal to his rise. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. But it was totally successful because it was about, I think it started early December of 55 and ended late December of 56. So a little more than a year. And um, they ended up integrating the buses and got rid of that discriminatory um, back of the bus thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was a very successful boycott. And what's cool in our area is knowing people who knew Cesar Chavez and knew, tell me her name, I mean, she, Huerta, <clears throat> Dolores. Oh, yeah. Dolores Huerta. Um, and we still get, I still get students whose mom and dad actually work with them, mm. which is crazy. Like, I'll bring this up and they'll be like, yeah, my grandpa or my mom or dad and actually work with them because they were in Santa Maria for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And that totally brought about incredible change. Yeah, so um, Cesar Chavez in the 60s had his boycott of grapes. Yep. They, the grape growers were obviously exploiting their workers. And um, Cesar Chavez, he had his boycott of grapes. Table grapes. And later on, he, had, um, he did a, a fast where he wouldn't eat. Yep. And he lost tons of weight on that one as well. But mm-hmm. Yeah, boycotts, they're a powerful symbol. Now, onto apartheid. Yes. I remember, I think my parents were so aghast at that. And I don't get that. It was, looking back now, it was it's so obvious to boycott yeah. South Africa now. How could people, and so I wrote my little notes here, and I, I want to say, why do so many automatically root for the status quo? It's difficult to rely totally on objective facts to overcome this, what I call, status quo bias. Yeah. And I feel like with boycotts, everybody at the time uh, that I knew was like, this is ridiculous boycotting South Africa. I mean, nowadays we're like, how could you ever support that government? Yeah. So it's interesting that people somehow are able to overcome guts and look at the objective facts and and say, this is the right thing to do, a boycott on South Africa. And slowly they gained adherence. Yeah. And it, it won out in the end. But man, it took some time. Incredible. So actually what's really fascinating is that Barack Obama, when he was going to college, I believe he, this is when he was at Occidental. I remember that. Um, and I think John Holland had mentioned that he went to Occidental with Barack Obama. That's when they organized all their um, boycotts of and divestment of South Africa. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually one of the earliest things that Barack Obama did. Um, when he was kind of coming of age. But, yeah, it was a lot of the college kids, a lot of the young people who were behind the boycott and divestment of South yep. Africa. And it actually, oh, So you were, like, 
just six. I was like, you don't remember two. Yeah, you guys both don't remember. You remember that. But yeah. I'm reading here in your notes that v- Reagan vetoed it, and so, Congress must have been a Democrat at that yeah. time. So, that, so basically, because they overrode it, by the way. Yeah. So basically, what happened was Congress, you know, was responding to this huge wave of kind of anti-South African sentiment, and they came up with a bill that basically said we're no longer going to trade or allow um, certain products to go to South Africa. And Reagan, supporting the status quo, said, nope, we'll be doing this. That's that's my point, yeah. And the Tip O'Neill... Democratic-led Congress in the House was like, veto, or we're going to override your veto, which never happens. Yeah. Never happens. Back in the day when George Bush and Tip O'Neill would sit down together at dinner all the time. Yeah, Reagan, yeah. The better days, for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. And then out of that comes, like, you know, Nelson Mandela had been in prison for decades because of the apartheid system. And at the end of this... um, What a hero, we have to say, right? that guy was just sick. But at the end of this process of boycotting South Africa, the whole system collapsed. Nelson Mandela was let out of prison. Totally he took worked. over government, and yep. it's, you know, he's like a hero. Totally worked. Yep. Yeah. But, so, but not all boycotts have been successful. I think recently, in, in light of all the school shootings, there have been so many boycotts of companies with associations to the NRA. Those boycotts have just flopped. Yeah. Why is that? I think this is like almost trying to push the boulder over the hill and you can't quite make it and it rolls down. And then you can't quite make it and it rolls down. And I think one of these years it's going to catch. I just don't think we're there yet. And so I'm actually not against these boycotts happening. I think it's going to catch fire. I, it was almost on fire with um, Lakeland. and Parkland. Then it, I mean, Parkland. Thank you. And Newtown was a bigger fire. Mm-hmm. Parkland is even bigger. And this stuff is going to keep on happening. So eventually it's going to catch. And the boycotts are going to work. Maybe? What is your opinion? I mean, what do you think? I don't I don't think that boycotts of the NRA are ever going to work. What? I don't. What, Why? What do think? I don't know. Because it is a the NRA is such powerful? The NRA is huge. Yeah. They have so much money and power. I just don't think there would be enough people to, to boycott that would be on board for a boycott. Well, that's it, isn't it? Because the people who are boycotting aren't buying guns anyway. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's not like they're losing out on money. Right. Because yeah. liberals aren't people. buying guns. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and boycott. We're not, we don't care. <laughs> We're not getting your business anyway. Yeah. I never got I don't know why I didn't put that together. Because the people who buy guns probably aren't the same people who are lining up for boycotts anyway. Yeah. No, they're not boycotters by nature. <laughs> gun, no gun owner has ever boycotted. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm sure they're probably the ones who are no, burning their Nikes in their front yard. Yeah, oh much gosh. less likely to boycott. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't think they're boycott. I think they tend to uphold the status quo. Yeah, and, and I think another one that totally failed was Chick Fil A. Oh yes. I caught the very end of that Chick Fil A. Like it was a blip on the map for me. I was like. Wait, I heard about 
in and out. I heard about the Nike thing. Now we're bringing Chick-fil-A into this. Well, Chick-fil-A was old, actually. Was it? That was years ago. Wow. And that came out of, and correct me if I'm wrong, the fact that they're really conservative and they're anti-gay marriage. Yeah. And so they tried to organize it and it just provided so much business for them. Mm -hmm. And their food is so good that, I mean, (laughs) you gotta gotta go eat it. So I actually posted on my Facebook the other day, who wants to put on their Nikes and go run a Chick-fil-A <laughs> and then in and out with me? Because <laughs> Chick-fil-A, like, I don't know, there's been something, and maybe it was the boycott where I'm kind of like, eh, Chick-fil-A, I don't know. But then we got a Chick-fil-A finally in Santa Maria. Yeah. So it's easy to avoid Chick-fil-A if you have one. <laughs> right. And, and now, once you have the Chick-fil-A sauce, yeah. you're like, uh, screw the boycott, yeah. we're good. <laughs> this is it's funny because as I went through Chick-fil-A, uh, I remembered the boycott and I was like for it at first and then I felt slightly guilty for going through and it's just, it's such, just made me chuckle right there in the drive through line because human nature just yeah. really hit. You With know? every delicious bite. Yes, our gut just rules. That's so uh, funny. Yeah. But in the, and also, I'm totally okay, I, and, and this might be bad, if their religious beliefs disallow them from being okay with, homosexual, or with gay marriage. I, I really yeah. am this America, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm against that idea, but I'm not against somebody losing their business because of that. I mean, right. it's, it's a gray area. And that's kind of the, the similar thing that happened with Papa John's. Yes, the Papa John's thing. And that was a blip. It mm-hmm. that passed so quickly. Because, you know, I don't know. I think what ends up happening is these become part of the kind of cultural wars that go on between the left and the right. And then the left kind of does their little boycott because <laughs> it, it's in their ballpark or whatever. But then the right gets outraged yeah. by the boycott and they actually end up spending more money. <laughs> yes. Say, I got a, I got a question for you. What is the right version of a boycott? Is it just capitalism and just buying, right? Isn't that sort of it? We're going to counter that just by spending money. It's so funny. Well, I think what happens, and this is where, and not to make this all about Barack Obama, but he's yeah. he grew up, um, or he came of age in a time when he was a community organizer. Yeah. And it's all about finding common interests across political lines. So, like, what motivates people regardless of any affiliation? And that's where you can be successful Mm -hmm. with a boycott. And, man, is it important to pick the right one. And if you're boycotting based on your own narrow ideology, you're going to lose. No, exactly. Not going to happen. Oh, interesting. So then let's bring up Facebook. So people boycotted Facebook after the news broke that Cambridge Analytica have been harvesting information. Now, Facebook users are across the spectrum, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure the um, liberals would be much more likely to boycott that. But conservatives, too, don't like, libertarians especially don't like the idea of of, um, their information, their personal information being Mm -hmm. um, abused. So, um, but I knew that was going to fail from the start. Yeah. Because Facebook... Although it's just dying amongst youngsters. I mean, we are mm-hmm. all teachers, and you must know that people are leaving it in droves. Yeah. yeah. Christina's young and hit. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it is still the only thing that we use. I mean, my aunts, my uncles, my old friends to get together. Not the only thing, but for old folks like me, the thing that we use to keep in touch with aunts, uncles, uh, old friends we haven't seen in years, you know. So, I don't know. It's interesting. But... Facebook, I still think, screwed up royally. Big time. Would you delete your account? I would, but, you know, I'm with Joel. I I like to stay in touch with relatives and friends I haven't seen in forever. And And you could tell them, hey, we're going to use this now. And then sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah, Because it's hard to get going. Right, yeah. Yeah. They've got that anchor. That but, so you know, huge. seeing, like, fake news and stuff, like, pop up in my feed and... Oh, and it, yeah. But during the... the um, election? Election. Yeah. You know, it's like, how can you not... I mean, with just common sense, Horrible. decipher that, you know, this... I don't think this is accurate. Yeah. This is not correct. Mm. Like, do your, your research. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's just so much that people are willing to be spoon-fed and, and believe it as gospel. And... That is the predicament that we're in right now, yeah. I believe. You know? I have brought this up several times, and I do indict teachers in education, and we're finally doing it, but we never did it in the past. Mm-hmm. Even when you were a young teacher, mm-hmm. we didn't teach kids how to uh, figure out the difference between fake news and yeah. And you can yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes some work, but yeah. you can do it. It's a huge, this is a huge learning lesson for mm. us right now. Not only the older generation, but the, the new generation coming up, you know, because mm-hmm. this is... Did you point at me when you did older generation? No, I did not. <laughs> um, hello, I'm older than you. <laughs> That's true. Um, She pointed at me. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think with Facebook, though, it's used across the political spectrum. It's used by everyone across the world. And people were like, what? Facebook was, you know, basically letting this organization, this company, harvest all of our personal information for their own benefit and for political purposes, I might delete my account. And then, like, a week later, they forgot. (laughs) But then what was hilarious... You're so fickle. (laughs) But what was even more hilarious was, like... Facebook, let's go to Instagram. <laughs> a well, lot of people did that. A lot of people did that. Well, and guess what? Guess who owns Instagram? Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So they didn't lose any business. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Because they still had those people with yeah. their Instagram accounts. And the people in the know, they went to Snapchat. That's true. But those are the kiddos. Snapchat, people don't realize this, but they've been in bed with the Russians forever. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> All oh that fake gosh. news. <laughs> yeah. All those Russian filters. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I think this, this kind of brings us back. So we've looked at the, the etymology, the history, and some successful, maybe not so successful boycotts. What about what's going on today? So we kind of mentioned Nike and we mentioned in and out Maybe we can delve into that a little bit more deeply. Yeah, I'd like to go back to Nike because I feel like it's weird in that Nike's probably going to make out like foxes in this whole thing because of the whole millennial thing that we talked about. But in the same way, and it's weird, it's the right thing to do. So it's kind of weird that business here is in line with morals. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. And I am going to buy, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of like that Kaepernick, he said specifically that, you know, it was about 
police brutality towards African Americans at the time, yeah. and then everybody got a hold of it and made it about weird things that it was never about. Patriotism. And, yeah, and patriotism. And also this whole idea that boycotting the American, um, they played, not the, the, national, the anthem. national anthem is somehow un-American. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just not the case. It's, to me, it's, it never will be. I mean, yeah. It is a chance, and this is another uh, interesting sort of subtopic that athletes now are actually taking a stand where in the past that was absolutely death to their contracts, to, yeah. to yeah. and, and I, I <clears throat> applaud them because that takes guts. Money in their pocket, losing that, and he has lost so much money. And there's no doubt, I don't know if you say you're not into sports, and yeah. I don't know if you are, but he definitely would have been a, at least a second-string quarterback in the so, league if it wasn't for this. As I recall, he mm-hmm. had one more year left of his contract, backed out, was a free agent, and then no team hired him. They'll never prove collusion, by the way, because how do you do that? Yeah. So yeah. he basically will never be hired. No. And so he the lost slogan, and I can't remember the slogan that Nike used, is so true. It was like he sacrificed took, everything or yeah, something. Yeah. He sacrificed everything. He's making millions less in his life, but maybe millions more through <laughs> Nike yeah, contracts um, yeah. because of his stand. Yeah. So I applaud him. Well, I don't know. So uh, let me ask Christina, because she was in the Army. You are MOS was what food service? I mean, you were still in the army. I was army. a ninety-one Romeo. 91 I was uh, part of veterinary services. Oh, veterinary. That's right. Okay. Yeah, veterinary food specialist inspector. That is so and, cool. Okay, people are like, "What did you inspect Alpo? Like, <laughs> yeah, what are that's you what doing?" I was thinking. And um, basically, I was like the equivalent of a USDA inspector. Right. That's yeah. But for the military and for so, animals so, and their food. Well, no, not not animals. But oh. But if the vet techs didn't need us to help out with certain things, we were under that branch okay. of veterinary services. Yeah. So we would help out with that. So it's kind of like how the Secret Service is technically under like the Treasury Department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you have you, you know your food inspection under the vet. Right. You don't expect it, cool. but then when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ask you that because the slogan of Kaepernick's campaign for Nike is like, you know, do the right thing. Or something like that, even if it means sacrificing everything. Mm-hmm. And people have balked at the idea of sacrificing everything. So, as a person who's in the military, what's your take on quote unquote sacrificing everything? I mean, he sacrificed his career, but not his life, not everything. So, you're talking about Kaepernick in his Nike ads. Okay, and a military. Well, so basically, there have been there's been people outraged that his ad says, even if it means sacrificing everything. And what did he sacrifice? He sacrificed money. his <laughs> money. Oh, I get your answer. Right. So people yeah. are upset by that. Well, yeah. I I guess that there's different levels of sacrifice in this world. Mm. You know, there's mm-hmm. serving your country, and I mean, I served my country, but I wasn't on the front line. You know, I wasn't sacrificing anything in that capacity. I wasn't putting myself in a position to where um, my life was at risk. Yeah. But I still served my country. Yeah. Does that make me less of, you know, uh, a person opposed to my combat buddies? Yeah. You know? I have a hard time with that, too. Yeah. And then stream that with Kaepernick, you know? It's like there's different levels of sacrifice. So. 
Yeah. You know what? What's everything to a person might be money. Yeah. In America, yeah, their, their career. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, for him, I think he lost like fourteen million dollars mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. One guy that comes to mind is Pat Tillman. Do you know his story? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But ta- Pat Tillman would have been kneeling. He. That's the thing. Yeah. He would have been, and his family's always been really good about pointing that out. He would have been kneeling. He's not somebody who's just like, you cannot criticize the United States. Yeah. Criticizing the United States is absolutely vital. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so my father comes to mind because he was in the Marine Corps. And, I mean, even when the national anthem comes on at home, he is a firm believer that you get your ass up and you stand at attention. I respect that. And you put your hand over your heart. I love that. I don't have any any, problem. Anytime you hear it, you you just stop what you're doing and you pay your respect. So The other day we went to, the other day, it was last year or two years ago, we went to a UCSB baseball game when my mm -hmm. son started going to that college and we're driving through the parking lot right when the national anthem came through Mm -hmm. and all these baseball guys, these tough guys are barbecuing and we stopped right in front of them because the national anthem came on and, and and we just stopped and we sort of put our hands over our heart. But of course, I mean, we all would have, but not everybody. And I don't care if anybody does. Yeah. And they came, all came over to us afterwards and said, and I was so embarrassed because I didn't, you know, it's like you shouldn't give somebody plaudits for doing True. that. You right. know, it's like if they want to drive on, who cares? Right. But I totally do yeah. respect people who kind of feel that way. Yeah. Being in the military, it's just ingrained in us. Yeah. It's almost just like a reflex. You know, yeah. that you just, you hear that, you stop what you're doing, and you pay your respects. So. Yeah. So, for me, I was never in the military. I, I, I was telling my, you know, we just had 9-11. We celebrated the 17th anniversary of 9-11. I did a 9-11 unit with my students, as I do every year. And for me, it's super important because... I was not in the military, but people my age did serve. I chose not to. I went to college. I did my thing. But um, a lot of my peers did, and they fought in Afghanistan and Iraq. Did you have but any friends um, like lose their life? I had friends it? die. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. You never told me that. Wow. Um, I went to school with them in in, uh, San Marie High. So you were right at the pier where they were recruiting? Yes. So they were recruiting me hardcore. This one recruiter at San Marie High wanted me to take the ASVAB, and it was this whole thing, and I just didn't do it because I I didn't came in. But I was, however, in Boy Scouts growing up, and I was on the color guard, and I had to wear the sash, I had the red beret, I had to wear white gloves, I had to go through the whole rigmarole of learning the specific rules and regulations for how to handle and care for a flag. Mm. And so I do have reverence for the flag in the sense that it's a symbol of the country that I love. Yeah. So the other day I had a sub, but I came to school early to get my room ready. Yeah. And so when I was leaving school, I was walking down the hallway to the office, the um, Pledge of Allegiance came on. And you stopped. I stopped. Yeah. Yeah, and the girl walked right by me and said, hey, stop. <laughs> and, she, we, I saw, and we just looked in the general direction of the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Into the pledge. And that's how I am. But not, and it must be said, not that we would be really angry at Americans who right. decide not to. That's the thing. That's what our freedom, that's you yes. bring like in. a freedom yes, that is that's provided. The freedom, yeah. You know, that's. That's it. And so that's where I'm like, with Kaepernick, he's choosing to take a knee. He could be burning a flag. He could be doing something else. He took a knee. Yeah. I mean, how, like, timid is that? Yeah. And that's his freedom to do that. Um, And he wasn't doing it just to be an 
he was doing it for a reason. He was he was protesting um, violence against African Americans. Yep. Yeah. Interessante. But what, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I I don't know. Just going back to my dad, and he just seems like the ultimate patriot. And I don't know if it's because of brainwashing being in the core. And I don't mean to offend anybody who's been in the core yeah. or any branch of service for that matter. But you know, he feels very strong about someone who has chosen to serve opposed to someone who has chosen not to like Jose here choosing to go to college and not wanting to go that route. And I feel like he has kind of a negative or derogatory looking down on like, Oh, you chose to do that. You chose not to serve your country type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And it's, I see that. it's just, I don't know, mm-hmm. but then he supports a president who was it? A, a basically a draft dodger. Dodger, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it just blows my mind. Yeah, you know? it comes like, from the gut rather than the mind. Totally. Um, yeah, it really Absolutely. does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. But for me, like not when that I was, he looks down on you as a son-in-law in right, any right. shape or form. But that that is his general mentality. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, when I so common. when I was nineteen, I started at El Camino, and I truly believe I was serving my country. Oh yeah. I was in a program called AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. And it's a program that was des- that was designed to get young people to serve their country mm-hmm. in a, in the teaching capacity. Mm-hmm. And it was a program started in 1995 by President Bill Clinton. And um, it was kind of a corollary to the Peace Corps. So not all service has to be military. Mm-hmm. It can be other in other capacities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think totally we have to recognize great. that. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. to toot my own horn or anything. No, I'm glad you no. brought it up. But there's right. other I'm ways really to serve your country than military yeah. Right. service. Yeah. Which I'm totally yeah. 100%. Hundred percent. I have family members who were in the service, and it's totally screwed them up. Totally screwed their lives up. Other people who served, and they're you know they're functioning normal human beings, and you get a range. The military right now, I think in in my lifetime, is is more revered Mm -hmm. than at any other time. Maybe except for the Iraq War, Um, I felt like that, and um, it has. At the same time, belittled people, like you mentioned, um, who who decide not that they're not going to serve in that capacity, and that's mm. the key in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I think we just end on this. Then, like, are boycotts effective? Do they work? Or what what makes a boycott effective? Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I feel like it just has to be justice. It has to be obviously Rosa Parks. Go to that. Mm-hmm. You go to South Africa, and looking back on all these things, obviously the Boston Tea Party, justice is obvious looking back. And I feel like we all owe ourselves when there's a boycott to really examine Mm. the justice behind it to decide whether or not um, and do it objectively, not through our gut, to decide whether or not we ought to participate. And not from the perspective of our ideology, political ideology. and and mm-hmm. so and to get back to the gun issue, I can't participate because I would never buy guns. So that's, but how do we participate in that without buying a gun? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do we? I guess through voting. So voting is a type of boycotting in yeah. a sense. Voting yeah. for candidates. Well, the NRA. And, I mean, their money is in yeah. so many things in this country. I mean. Mm-hmm. Congress, like, yep. you know, our political system, just anything they want to put their money into and fuel. I mean, right. preventing any legislation. They, yeah, they, they do it. They can. Mm-hmm. Even like, what is it called when you get rid of somebody who's already in office? We can impeach. Yeah. 
even or recall. Even recalling, that's what the NRA can do. And they have done it several times. It's amazing how powerful they are. Yeah. The boycott to be successful has to have a broad base of support that crosses all lines. And and so it has to be something that we all buy, mm-hmm. for one. And it has to be just. It has to be an obvious justice, mm-hmm. uh, unserved justice. Right. And then it also, some of these things aren't just, it just comes down, sadly, to advertising, mm-hmm. you know, and just people don't really know about it. And, and so that needs to make the news, it needs to make every social media, True. and everybody needs to know about it. So the young people need to get on board with the boycott <laughs> by joining Facebook and yeah. come up with a hashtag so, oh, it goes, yeah. so it can trend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But. I don't know. And so I think of Nike, and I don't know whether or not that'll be successful. I think that's still in the works. And speaking of social media, I don't know if this is a pro or con, but there are all these parody ads now where people are coming up with silly little memes. Memes. Really? Based on the Kaepernick one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if those are ultimately meant to help or hurt yeah. the boycott effort on yeah. that. What's your favorite one, by the way? Because we've seen oh. some really good ones. What, what was the one the other day that we saw? We're like, oh, that is just perfect. Oh, I can't remember. It's amazing. Uh, okay. I saw it. So there was the dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was... Um, the dude from uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, there was the guy from Mad TV, the Look What I Can Do. Oh, Stuart. Stuart. What else was there? They were just like, oh, well, let's just... come on, let's let's look them up real quick, yeah. just because they are so classic. There's the Mike Tyson one. Believe I've in something, even one. if it means sacrifice and everything. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> that one's That's great. great. And then the there was the the dude from the Big Lebowski. Who f- cares, man? Just do it right. or don't. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love. And I don't know why this is so simplistic and lame. It's like Kaepernick next to Groot. Groot. Said, I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I don't know why that's that good. is so funny. Okay. That's so lame. That's but, but that makes every meme ever good. It's just lame. <laughs> that's so good. And then you have Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Just put the lotion in the basket. Just do it. <laughs> That's so Wait, good. Explain that name to me. From Silence. What was he? he was I don't remember Silence that. Silence of the Lambs. I don't know. Who was he? Buffalo Bill. He was the serial killer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He had the girl down in the pit. Oh. Down in the pit. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. And yet, here's the Nick Offerman one from Parks and Rec. Believe in something or don't. Who cares? That's your choice. Just don't <laughs> tell me what to do. Yes. Because <laughs> he's like a hardcore libertarian. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. There's, there's a picture of O.J. Simpson. <laughs> oh, what does that say? It just says, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is Nike, just do it. And then it's got his mugshot. Oh, that's uh, so sad. I thought it would be like, even if it means sacrificing your wife. Your wife, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, yeah, that's right? Yeah, but that's I mean that's what it boils down to. Uh, who's this guy from the office? Dwight. Dwight says, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do this? That's a, a Jack Handy. <laughs> and if they would, I do not do that thing. Exactly. That's that's classic. And Christina has a good one. It's a uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh yeah. And Perfect. it says, believe in something, even if it means cutting your. D- <laughs> oh, that's the best one ever. Hey, that's going that's all the, the way. Man. That's the best one ever. I love it. So, but there's all these. So anyway, yeah. there's all these memes, and it, it, yeah. they're kind of poking fun at it. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a negative sign. Yeah. 
Can I just ask you guys if can you and this is totally putting you on the spot because I have nothing for this. Yeah. If you could boycott something, what it would be? I would. Can you actually think of something on the spot? Probably boycott Nike. Really? But not for the Kaepernick stuff. Oh wow, this is really deep. Then I would boycott Nike for their labor practices, where they hire children. See, this is why smoke screens are so important. Because yeah. this is like a smokescreen for that. Because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to buy Nike now because of the Kaepernick thing. I'm not going to buy Nike because of the Kaepernick thing. Yeah. But what about their labor practices? Like, Let's they increase employed... our child labor now. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. the business is booming. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> what you, been? Uh, I have, I've got nothing. Joel? I would. When it comes... Okay, and I'm already kind of doing this, and people are going to hate me for this. But I'm, I've got a sist- uh, cousin-in-law who has... Actually, at UC San Francisco, she works on slicing up the brains of NFL players who are oh, dead wow. and mm-hmm. studying the effects of constant concussions and even small hits on them. And so, speaking of Kaepernick, I'm kind of boycotting, but not college. I've only boycotting. So it's lame. I should have brought it up. But NFL. I kind of think that more and more we're going to boycott it as we realize how incredibly destructive to brains this mm. This incredibly violent sport is, yeah. but that's America, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, and that is like the all-encompassing America. Yeah, like that is as American as you know apple pie. Yeah, right? and every NFL player knows it yeah. now, and every MMA a fighter knows it. And I love MMA, and yeah. I'm not going to stop watching them. Damn it! So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of oh we're all hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. Not we're all. I don't want to yeah. include you, I'm but not, I'm a hypocrite. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We all have our. So I'm going to put Donald Glover's <laughs> This is America right here. Yeah. But uh, have you seen his new video, by the way? Something the about summer? Kanye West one? That's Yeah, where he cries with, no. uh, with Michelle Obama? I've not seen it. Okay, that's an off-topic thing. That's off-topic. That is, actually goes with our outro. Okay. Yeah. But And this, this is going to be totally controversial, but I'm going to say it. If I had to also boycott something in line with South Africa... I would boycott and divest from Israel. Mm. And that could be a whole That's episode a hard one, right there. You know that subject so much more than I do, but I also see so much crap dished out by Palestine too. It's not good either way. Yeah, that's But I would I would I would lean into that. I haven't I and I, I don't have not but and that could be a whole episode right there. Oh my we How do you dude, boycott that? We do. You don't buy their stuff. Yeah, and okay. they are a great farming country. They have so much stuff that comes into our country oh. from Oh, and tech too. I know what my final thought is. What's your final thought? My final thought is uh, boycotting is American. That's yes. my final thoughts. Yes. Amen. Any final thoughts? No, I, I I totally agree with that. hundred yeah. percent. So I think you know I, I, you guys have pretty much said it. You know, boycotting is American, and if you're the kind of person who doesn't believe in boycotts, I would say, well, then you need to go back in time in your handy dandy little time machine and tell those um, you know that that motley crew of Sons of Liberty dumping tea in the in the Boston Harbor, you know that they're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> because and that's you know our country was. You know, built on these people who are boycotting and doing other things. It's so integral to our country. It's, it's in our crazy DNA. how important it is to our founding. Totally. So it's American as apple pie, like Christina said. <laughs> <laughs> This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. 
Don't catch you slipping, no. What have you been reading, listening to, smelling, <laughs> tasting? What are the other senses? And seeing. Ooh, and feeling. By the way, can we both do the same outro this week in the great... I just found out that you both watched... One, two, three, let's say it. One, two, three. Jack Jack Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) Go. Oh, my God. I had no clue that you watched Jack Ryan. I loved it. Tell me about it. First of all, I want to talk about how... Tell me the actor's name. Uh, Jack. I always forget. Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. I never saw him in a dramatic role. No, I did see him in that horror movie where that be quiet. I thought he was outstanding um, in that. And yeah, that helped me great. to transition into this. And yeah. that he is such a Boy Scout, speaking of Boy Scouts. Because mm-hmm. he was kind of a Boy Scout in, in office. He's a good guy yeah. to me. Now exactly how much pot did you smoke? We gotta figure out a way to get inside his head. I am Bill Butlicker. My husband. You don't know where I am. My son is with him. Stand back, because these are killer chickens. And Jack Ryan is just a good guy. And he got totally ripped for this movie. Yeah. What? You didn't oh, see? He was no. all buff and stuff. Oh, I thought you'd been ripped as in um, skewered by critics. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he did a good... Yeah. Not good. I think a great acting job. Yeah. yeah. No, he was in that one movie... Um, 13 Hours. 13 Hours. So that was like my post-office, like, first... I haven't seen um, the Benghazi one. Serious role that Is I that saw watching? him outside of okay. the character Jim. I'm gonna watch that. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's good. I oh, really, that was pretty good. Really like and it. kind of a similar role too, so that helped yes. a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think that maybe casting might have you know saw that mm-hmm. and totally thought that he would uh, be a good fit for Jack Ryan. Totally. But we all come into this movie thinking of John Krasinski as Jim Halpert in The you, Office. You can't help it, yeah. So then you're like, oh, here's Jack Ryan. He works at a desk in a cubicle. What exactly does a State Department supply chain logistician do? They work behind the desk. They write reports. That sounds... Boring. Now he's taking his shirt off. They say if you're nervous around someone, you should picture them naked. I do not recommend this strategy. Try picturing them with more clothes on. Or a funny coat. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this a working office? And not a French beach? Oh, Now he's like shooting terrorists in the middle of, you know. It's discombobulating at first, (laughs) and then you get used to it after a while. But it takes a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. For me, it did. Yeah. And you liked it. I just loved it. I couldn't put it down. You guys did too, or we binge watched yeah, it. We, yeah, we we did too. Yeah, we we took three days, but we could. I could have done it in all yeah, one night. A couple days. We did it in two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, we have to bring up. This is the golden age of TV oh, right yes. now. Yeah. It is so glorious. This is movie quality stuff. When we can watch things that you had to pay. 10 bucks back in our in the old days to mm-hmm. watch. It's just movie quality stuff happens all the time on TV and that yeah. is definitely one of them. I think in this day and age, we're in sensory overload mm. too. I mean, everything is just heightened. Mm-hmm. And I mean, visually, sound wise, you know, mm-hmm. everything right now is just, yeah. I think, sensory overload. Yeah. Because everything is so well done, don't you think? True. Yeah. That you could see all these slip-ups in the past, but, man, the production quality is good nowadays on TV, I mean. But that's what made a... Okay, not to go back, because Jesse and I talked about this in our horror film 
episode, but we talked about A Quiet Place. But production quality for horror films has always been amazing. Yes, but what made that movie... I know. (laughs) Being facetious. But what made A Quiet Place so good was it toned all that down. There was literally no sound. Yeah. The visuals were pretty muted. That's going to be like a classic in the future because of the lack of language and and speaking. And and if somebody was out of the room listening to that, they're like, what the f***? Are you watching? Are you this watching is the lamest movie ever? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But see, that's the thing because we are like Christina said in sensory overload. Yeah. So this was like super yes. muted and turned mm-hmm. down. So yeah. it made it even more emotional. I think absolutely. Yeah. My was heart was beating oh, out of my chest yeah. like yeah. watching that, yeah. and even with the Jack Ryan too. Like yes. I was just so just engulfed in what mm-hmm. was going on that like I was like, oh my god. Me too. And I like that it had it portrayed, and we mentioned this when we, when we watched it. It portrayed the Muslim characters, the the, the terrorists, yeah. as being humans. Yes, right. They, it wasn't just like they're not screaming. simplistic. That's exactly. They were just like screaming, "Allahu Akbar!" and shooting guns. Yeah. It was like yeah. they're complicated. So well done. Did you um, did you have your mom watch um, the Quiet Place or what is that? Yeah. I have not, but I'm sure she's watched it. Oh, I mean, I would love to get her take on the I whole should thing. Ask her. Yeah, because I think that she could even get rid of any kind of subtitles and just love it. Probably. Because it's pretty much all in sign language. Yeah. 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 The dialogue. I was going to, I meant to ask you that forever and I finally got to ask it. So cool. I'll have to ask her. Um, And then you had another thing. Okay. Um, What was it? Yes. So um, Chuck Todd wrote an article in The Atlantic. Chuck Todd, of course, is on that Sunday show. I think it's NBC. Meet the Press. Meet the Press. I've always liked him, so I'm biased, but wrote a great article and you always been so good about pointing this out to me because it I came so late to this game that reporters and people in the press have, I think, done a disservice to all of us by being too unbiased. Is that the word? I guess unbiased and also erring on the side of facts only when they would then go and report bullshit. They would then, because of their um, out of their way to appear balanced. Yes, yes. So, for example, and this is what pisses me off, CNN is like the worst at this. And they will have on, for example, a scientist who will say, climate change is real, it's destroying our planet, we're having worse hurricanes, more frequent hurricanes, polarized caps are melting, etc., Legitimate scientists. And they get equal time. And they get equal time to a climate change denier. So, I mean, I guess the equivalent would be, and this is actually an absolute equivalent that I just took so long to get, is um, somebody who denies the Holocaust is given equal time. You know, it really, it's come to that in some cases. It's like, why are, and thank God now, Twitter has outlawed Jones. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Serious crap. And we're starting to sort of come around with the pendulum, and I feel like we're saying, you know what, enough's enough. We don't have to give equal time to nut cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think Chuck Todd's point was the media, because there's the appearance or there's, there's the stereotype that the media is biased mm-hmm. for liberals, that they overcompensate yeah. for conservative or yes. Republican voices, yeah. even when it's unnecessary. Yep. So they give President Trump the benefit of a doubt on so many things mm-hmm. when they shouldn't. Yeah. And they have hesitated so long to call him a liar when he's a liar. And, but you know, the other thing is you have to know your stuff before you go into the interview so you can call him on it. Yeah. 
True. So the other night I went to go to a Bible study at my church, and they actually didn't have a Bible study. They had a video Hmm. by Bishop Barron, who's the auxiliary bishop of our region in Santa Barbara here. And you love him. We talked about him. We talked about him before. Yeah. And he had a video on St. Francis, which was amazing. Everyone loves St. Francis. He's kind of like, if you're going to talk about saints, that's like the saint. Is there a more winsome and beguiling figure in the entire history of the Catholic Church than Francis of Assisi? Well, people love animals. Because everyone loves animals. He was in tune with nature, and he believed very much in not just evangelizing and spreading the gospel to people, but to animals, right? So he would, like, talk to animals like birds and about God and preach to them, which sounds totally crazy, but he, he was totally into simplicity. Mm. Um, his father found out that he was spending money. Like he came from a rich family. His, he found out that his son Francis was spending all this money. He's like, you need to stop spending money. And he's ended up suing Francis. What? Yeah. He's on for spending money. Yeah. On, on the poor, basically on the poor. Yeah. And so he's like, <laughs> fine. So he That's repaid crazy. his father. He repaid his father all this money. And did it on his own. Took all his clothes off. He's stark naked. Whoa. Gave him his thing and said, I don't even need you as a father because my true father is in heaven. And he was a true believer. Holy shit. 100%. Il poverello, the little poor man, simple, humble, close to nature, deeply in love with God. And then he started the Franciscan order and... He was so attractive, like, in his radicality that people were like, oh, my goodness, this guy is, like... When he walked in the room, I bet people felt like, "Mm, this guy is specially and special and kind and loving, and you're not going to... I want to go meet this guy, and I want to, like, learn from him. I could totally see that. I'd be like, oh, sit at his feet. So that's the thing, is, like, he wanted to reform the church. And so he went to Pope Leo III, I believe. No. He went to Pope Innocent III, and he's like, look, there's all this corruption in the church. The clergy are not shepherding their people. Um, the church is, needs reform. The church needs reform, which is very much like what's happening. I was going to say, is there something to be there's, learned from him in Well, St. Francis or? and Pope Francis think there's like some commonality there. And Pope Innocent's like, dude, you're freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. You belong with like the swine. Mm-hmm. And so he was obedient. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he went and he lived with the swine. He was covered in shit. And he came back, and Pope Innocent's like, what is this guy's deal? And so he's like, Came back to do what? He wanted to um, start an order of Franciscans. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know what? Apparently you're the real deal, so go ahead and do what you need to do. So the Pope at the time was the Pharisees to Francis's um, Jesus. Pretty much. That's, probably, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And the church was in a time of crisis and corruption, and which is something that we could learn from now. I think that simplicity, getting back to the gospel roots, and um, yeah, just... I have to bring up something. I'm sorry Dude, to no, prolong this, but one of the great verses in the Bible to me is that we are like the custodians to the animals. Mm-hmm. I love that so much, and it's easy, I think, to translate that to humans. I feel like humans have so much a so much easier time just to love animals and we don't do that enough to our own fellow right, human right. beings and and so that's Francis right there you know mm-hmm. to the max but he was able to translate it to humans too it was all creation yeah regardless yeah that's cool so it was really good I, I would recommend it Pivotal Players St. Francis by Bishop Barron Fort on Fire Pivotal Player 
players. Because it's a series. What is that? Okay. Gotcha. So it's pivotal like figures in church history. Right on. So it, there's there's a whole series on it and yeah, St. Francis. Check it out. Right on. On anything that you remember or like, or you have to find it. It's on DVD. Yeah. You got to get it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That is all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You can do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, which is my favorite because I'm a Google lover, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find the show. Tell your friends, please. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Yeah. Christina has your teeth. We completely forgot to cheer at the beginning. We have to do it all over. We'll start the whole episode over right now. We'll delete the whole thing and start over. Delete it now.